Well, what you are about to hear is probably one of the worst timed sermons I've ever delivered, and it's your fault. Not the substance, but the worst timed sermon I can think of. Why? How many of you have voted already? Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. You are some of the 80 to 85 million people who have voted before Election Day. And that's what this sermon is about. It is about voting as God's people. I know that many of you have voted early by the show of your hands, and that may seem like what I'm about to say is totally irrelevant, but it is important. It's very important. While in some ways the message this afternoon may not be timely because you have voted, it is crucial. On this weekend when we celebrate All Saints, it provides a good starting point for us to think in big terms about living here as God's sainted people and the role of the Christian in today's society. You remember what they say, don't you? Don't talk about politics or what? Or religion. Talk about the weather. Talk about the sports. Talk about what's happening in your family. Whatever you can think of, but don't talk about politics and religion. It's going to raise the temperature in the room. We know it. It happens. But we also know probably it does happen because it is an important thing, politics. And it is an important, very important thing, religion, namely Christianity. And if they don't seem to be, they are. And if it doesn't seem like they go together, they do. God points us in that direction. Think about this. Politics is about people and about government. Of the people, by the people, for the people, it's been said. Politics is about people. Religion is about God and people. Therefore, God is about people and about politics. In other words, he doesn't have a party. He's not a partisan politician or involved in politics from that aspect, but he is interested in politics and therefore in voting. Do I need to repeat that? Politics is about people. God is about people and religion. And therefore, God is about voting for us whom he has claimed. That's today's topic, saints and the voting booth. It's relevant, it is important. There's a Bible passage that I think opens the window to help us understand all these things. And if we were still going through the readings and didn't come upon All Saints Day, we would be reading today for the third time from 1 Thessalonians, which we did, by the way. That's why it was chosen as the second reading. Listen to a different version. It brings it home clearly. Dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God, as we have taught you. God's will is for you to be holy. His will. Did you catch it? 
God wants you and me to be holy. That sounds like Mission Impossible, doesn't it? You, me, to live without sin, holy? Come on. But there's one thing, one important thing, and this is it. God is in the business of making sinners saints. God is in the business of making sinners saints. And this is how he does it. Jesus was perfect in every way. When we hold on to Jesus, God looks at us from above. Jesus in between God and us. And when he looks, what does he see but Jesus? And think of this in one of two ways. Either Jesus wraps us in his holiness, or God looks through the holiness of Jesus to see us. In either word picture, it adds up to when faith is present in our hearts, God counts us as holy. When that faith is in the holiness of Jesus, that's what God says we are. We are holy. First, we are made holy. And then God calls us to live holy lives, to be what he's made us to be, saints. Now, there, there's two kinds of saints. There's the big ones and there's the little ones. The big saints, if you want to say it that way, Bible doesn't, but from our perspective, those are the people who had wide influence, affected a lot of people with their holy living, powerful effect many ways, starting with people in the Old Testament like Abraham, Moses, and even David and others. Or in terms of thinking today, Martin Luther. We talked about him a bit last weekend. And C.S. Lewis, Martin Luther King Jr., and even Mother Teresa, the big saints. And then there's us, the little ones. Not that's bad, it's just that our influence isn't as big. The impact that we leave is important, but not as widespread, perhaps. God's will is for us to be what he's made us in Jesus. His will is that we live holy lives even as he has made us holy. The word holy means to be set apart, to be different. And that's the kind of different God has made us and called us to be. So God cares about faith that lives. In God's book, there is no such thing as a faith that is only in the head and only in the heart. A faith that only acknowledges and trusts in God. That's not enough. That's not the faith by God's terms. Faith lives. God cares about faith that lives. A faith that is put into action. That's the really key part about faith. Remember what Jesus said long time ago. The greatest commandment, he said, to love God and to love our neighbor. Not just people like you, not just people like me, but everybody to live in to love. Even to the point that Jesus said, love your enemies and those who persecute you. Love them all. And to live like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, 
that we heard a few moments ago. Set apart, different, the Beatitudes is what Pastor Sean read. Now, are you tracking with me? I'm kind of backing up and going down the road. Now we're starting to put the pieces together. We've got saints, and we are told how to live, and we've got where to live, right here, right now. The role of the church can describe the role of God's people in lots of different ways. It is to receive God's forgiving love in Jesus and to hang on tight to that and be considered God's saints and then to put it to work with everybody, everywhere, in every arena of life. And here we connect, even in the realm of politics, even in the realm of government. In other words, God calls us to be saintly citizens. You see how those two come together? Now listen, the church's role is not to tell you or anybody else how to vote, who to vote for. That's not the church's role, although there are some churches that do that. That's not what we understand. Jesus never addressed how institutions are to be formed and how people are to relate to institutions. He's talked to people about how to deal with people. The role of the church in this regard is to stand for God's will, to speak up for God's law, for speak up to God's way of doing things and then to vote. Let's be clear. God does speak about government and he does speak about our role in government. While he doesn't tell us exactly how to vote, he says this, Romans chapter 13, submit to the governing authorities. The authorities that exist have been established by God. God said that through St. Paul. And he said something very similar through St. Peter, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority. Did you catch? There's that repeated word submit. It's a word that a lot of people don't like. Submit. That means to obey somebody else, to understand that somebody else has authority over us. But that's exactly what the Bible says we are to do to government, to submit to it, even though we don't like that word, submit. And our government today says vote. But listen, there's a caveat. There is one condition. We learned that from the early church when the apostles were talking about Jesus and they got in trouble with the government for doing that. They were told by the government not to speak about Jesus at all. And do you know what they said? We ought to obey God rather than men, which says obey men, obey government, unless they go against the higher authority, God himself. In that case, it's clear for us who are God's people, his saints, to honor, to obey, to submit to him. But yet he has placed others in authority to whom we should give our obedience. This doesn't mean that God wants a theocracy, that he wants us in this country or any country to live totally by every law in the book. He, he did that at times 
in Old Testament times. He ruled people directly, and then he ruled people indirectly through people like the judges and through the kings. But when Jesus came, he brought the kingdom of God. And that's a different kind of rulership. The kingdom of God that Jesus ushered in is a kingdom of the heart. It's where God wants to rule. And where he does rule for us whom he's made holy through Jesus' blood. Like the song, his blood washed us clean. God lives and works in us, his kingdom. He made saints and he called us to live saintly lives. Put these all together and we live like Jesus. That's what he wants. If the government's commands go against Jesus, it's pretty clear what we need to do. We're connected to Jesus. He lives within us. His values are our values. And you know, values is what drive people. And it's the values of God in Jesus that drive us. Because Jesus lives within us, he works in us, and he works through us. Now, that doesn't mean we're trying to, we need to force or try to force other people to live like that. No, we're just called to live like that, to give witness to the fact that Jesus lives within us. We can share, we can talk, we can discuss, we can vote our faith as God works in us and through us. And we need to do that with other Christians. That is to listen, to talk, to discuss, and to learn. That's important as members of the body of Christ. We are, maybe the best way to think of it is to be dual citizens. I mentioned that we lived in Canada for some seven years. We had our three children born there in Canada. Because we're Americans, they were Americans. But because they were born in Canada, they're also Canadians. Dual citizens, dual responsibilities, dual privileges. We have a saint, we have a citizenship in heaven, but we also have a citizenship on earth. They're not separate, they're, they're different, but they, they come together. And it is our citizenship from heaven that we already possess, but someday we'll fully realize it's that which affects all that we do. So, to the ballot box, to the ballot box. Voting is a privilege and voting is powerful, especially in the hands of God's people. Maybe you know this, in 2016, 40% of Christians did not vote. 40% of God's people ignored, or for whatever reason, did not vote pretty much the same as anybody else in our country. We missed an opportunity. By the show of hands, a lot of you haven't missed that. And I trust and pray that the rest of us don't miss that opportunity either. Because it can be, it needs to be an expression of our faith, of our saintly citizenship. That's the privilege. That's the power. And don't forget However the voting turns out, this is really important, however the voting turns out, God is still in control. God is still the highest authority. God is still king over all. No matter what, no matter who, 
no matter how things turn out, God is in control. That's what you and I can call a kingdom perspective. Living under the authority of God and yet the authority that is around us in government. Ultimately, it's in God's hands. Ultimately, he's in control. I remember once listening to the radio and somebody said, either you're a saint or you ain't. I kind of like that, kind of stuck in my mind. It's actually tens of years by now. You're either a saint or you ain't. You're a saint. Your faith in Jesus Christ brings his holiness to you. And because you and I are, we can engage in politics. We can learn, we can grow, and we can do our homework and look at God's will. Engage and then vote as God's saints. And don't forget, pray. We've been praying here. I trust you've been praying where you are. And I trust we will continue to pray before, during, and after a day like a voting day, election day. Pray without ceasing. The kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.